Welcome to another episode of CMDA's Dental Soundbites. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Griffin, coming to you from CMDA headquarters in Bristol, Tennessee. Before we meet today's guests, I'd like to give a shout out to the person whose technical expertise plays a huge role in putting these podcasts together, Rusty Sluter. Rusty's the guy who prepares our recordings, removing all the cuss words and improper grammar, and then he adds all the audio touches that create a very professional, entertaining final product. So thank you, Rusty, for your 22 years of faithful, excellent service to our CMDA members. Today's episode of Dental Soundbites will feature two more of my great teammates here at CMDA headquarters, George Courtney and Jamie Majeski. George Courtney serves as Vice President of Stewardship and Legacy Giving here at CMDA. George has been helping Christian families with charitable gift and legacy planning for 30 years. For 15 of those years, he has served CMDA members and their families. George's wife, Rose, also works with CMDA in the placement service and has done so for 27 years. They live in East Tennessee and have one adult son. George works with Jamie Majeski, who is Associate Director of Stewardship Development for Dental Ministries. Jamie's been working in development for seven years and has been serving CMDA members and their families for the last 18 months. Jamie's married to Keith, a local business owner, and they live in East Tennessee with two young children. I'm so glad that Jamie and George have agreed to share their expertise with us today. Let's see what we can learn from them. Well, today's episode of Dental Soundbites is a real treat for me. I get to meet with two of my friends here at CMDA headquarters, George Courtney, who serves as the Vice President for Stewardship at CMDA, and Jamie Majeski, who's the Associate Director for Stewardship with a dental emphasis. So welcome, both of you. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Griff. So as we delve into the subject of stewardship, I so appreciate what you two and your colleagues do to help support the causes of CMDA and advanced ministry in so many different areas. One thing I'd like to start out with is to share with our listeners an appreciation for what this 2,000-year-old book has to say that applies to finances, specifically stewardship. There's a place in the Bible where it says that the scriptures are God-breathed, and it goes on to say that they are adequate for every good work. So, George, maybe you could get us started and talk a little bit about what the scriptures say about the topic of stewardship. Thanks, Griff. Uh, The Bible does have a lot to say about stewardship. As we study God's Word, really what we're being challenged to do is think about our biblical worldview. How do we see the world? Do we see the world as something that I can acclaim and I can um, get a hold of and it's a part of me and look what I've done? Or do we recognize that God truly is the owner of it all? And that's what stewardship is really asking us when we think about it. Do we realize that all that we have is provided by God? And the Bible's full of scriptures, if you, as you mentioned, about this topic. I love the passage out of Psalm 24 in verse 1. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world, 
and all who live in it. And it's coming to that recognition that everything that God has created belongs to him, and it's simply on loan to us. And we're blessed that God chooses us to trust us with it, and he gives us that opportunity to uh, manage it. And I guess if we adopt a true attitude of stewardship, we won't be surprised by the fact that we can't take it with us. Jamie, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I think what George said was just so important. And and how I remember all of that and how I try to live my life is essentially by sharing your blessings, you're serving others, and ultimately you're serving God, and that's what he wants us to do. Yes, agreed. Now, Jamie, I remember one time Jesus was asked a question about whether or not they should pay taxes to Caesar, and his response was pretty powerful. He said, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and render unto God the things that are God's. And certainly that's solid advice for us today. And I would venture to say that the U.S. tax system is perhaps a bit more complicated than they had back in Rome. So there are more rules, more variables regarding how much we each pay in taxes. And I'm curious to know what suggestions you might have regarding how CMDA members can be wise. In other words, how we can maximize our giving and minimize the tax obligations that we might owe. Well, Jesus was drawing a sharp distinction between two kingdoms, the kingdom of this world, which Caesar holds power over. But there's also another kingdom, not of this world. And Jesus is the king of that. And so how that can relate to our present day uh, with giving to others and giving to Caesar is essentially asking, how can I maximize my giving and minimize my tax obligations, as you mentioned? And there are some advantageous ways that uh, people can achieve this. One, for example, is by giving appreciated stock. Giving stock is much easier than you might think. And when you donate stock, you avoid capital gains tax while deducting 100% of the value of the contribution. So, for example, if you bought stock for $5,000 and now the fair market value is $10,000, you would see a 20% tax gain. On the other hand, if you donated it to charity, then you would avoid the tax while claiming $10,000 as a charitable gift. So essentially, you're giving more for less. Another tax-savvy way that donors can consider giving is through real estate. And that is a very powerful way to give that can be quite substantial. And this can be something such as land, for example. So like anything that's appreciated, as I mentioned before, you can get an immediate deduction for the fair market value of the gift and eliminate the capital gains tax. So in both cases, Although we certainly don't want tax consequences to dominate our giving approach, in both cases that you, that you mentioned, with the appreciated stock and also with appreciated real estate, I could envision a situation where the value of the contribution might be greater than the value of us selling that asset and having to pay the taxes on it. Absolutely. And so, again, these are just really powerful ways to give that can be really advantageous for people who are in those situations. Another option of giving is through an IRA. If you are 70 and a half years of age or older, a gift from your IRA is actually a smart way to give. And so um, you can direct up to $100,000 annually. And with the required minimum distributions for IRA holders, a charitable gift from your IRA will satisfy the required minimum distribution as well as reduce your taxable income. So essentially, 
By reducing your IRA balance, a qualified charitable distribution may also reduce your required minimum distribution in future years or lower your taxable estate and limit your beneficiary's tax liability. So essentially, giving this way can be advantageous now and for the future. What a beautiful option to consider. Today, we are noticing uh, more and more of our members giving from their IRAs. They're a powerful, powerful way to give. If an IRA passes to the next generation, as Jamie has pointed out, it's taxable. And so it's an asset that's often overlooked as being a priority for your charitable giving once you reach that magical age of uh, 70 and a half years young. And you can give from it. Reducing that can have long-term implications to both uh, your taxable income, but as well uh, your families or beneficiaries in future years. Well, the scriptures say there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, and I'm seeing that evidenced right here. So George, tell us more about how our members can be tax-wise. I often like to say that the largest charity in our country is the IRS. That's the truth. And I like to ask donors the question, would you rather trust the IRS with your charitable dollars, or would you like to choose one of your favorite charities to carry out your vision for charitable giving? Well put. And the answer almost always, no always is I would love to pick the charity who is doing work on my behalf. And so that's what we're talking about with these ideas of efficiency in our giving. One of the popular tools uh, that our members use and people globally are using now is what's called the Donor Advised Fund. It is, a, uh, in essence, a charitable checking account. It's designed to uh, collect our charitable giving all in one place, and then we can disperse it from there to our favorite charities. It can go to our church, to parachurch ministries, to CMDA, to other organizations uh, that are carrying out. The nice thing about the Donor Advised Fund is that the gift is deductible at the time it reaches uh, the fund. So that's a wonderful uh, tool to use. I do like to remind our uh, listeners today that they are charitable checking accounts and not designed to be charitable savings accounts. That's important because sometimes we get busy in life and we're needing the deductions and we uh, are trying to do planning and it goes over there and before long our donor advice fund has accumulated a lot of wealth. Well it's not doing any good to transform the world for Christ if it's setting in the account. Now, I understand good, prudent planning because of charities that you support, but in general, it's great to have that activity where those donor advice funds are continually going. Yes, my wife and I have had a donor advice fund for quite a while, and my understanding is that it can also be a potential estate vehicle. In other words, when we go to be with the Lord, uh, certain assets will automatically go into the donor advice fund, and we have earmarked where those assets will go, and that list includes CMDA. Absolutely. It's a wonderful tool for that purpose. And in that regard, if you're supporting an individual missionary, somebody who relies on your support on an ongoing basis, they're out on the field somewhere, you would not want them to come off the field immediately because of your home going. So maybe setting up a plan where that donor advice fund would notify that benefactor, and over a period of a couple of years of your giving, they would know eventually that's not going to be there and they can replace that donor. That's amazing. We built in two years years of support, just what you said, George. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. The other vehicle I'd like to mention today is cryptocurrency, because this is so new. And being around 
some of our healthcare professionals. I know how they like to explore and navigate and uh, test out the waters on these new uh, vehicles that come out. And so cryptocurrency can be donated. However, it needs to be held for a year. Uh, if it's held less than a year, you can be uh, restricted to uh, the value of the cost of it or potentially the current value, whichever is less. The challenge would be that uh, you need to hold it for at least a year, and then you have to have a uh, assessment, uh, an appraisal of it done, and that can be costly if you're not donating enough. Uh, thankfully, again, uh, we have a vehicle for helping donors who would like to give uh, cryptocurrency, and they can walk them through all the tax implications, work with their professionals and their advisors, but uh, know that we do accept cryptocurrency. And Jamie, we failed to mention cash. Are we still accepting cash? We are still accepting cash. <laughs> I know we've been discussing some new and creative ways to give, but we value our cash gifts just as much as any other ways of giving. Absolutely. Those are our foundational gifts. They're just wonderful champions of CMDA who faithfully put a, a gift in the mail or uh, maybe through their online banking to us, and uh, it is a tremendous blessing. So, Jamie, you've gotten to know many of our members over the last several months, and significant projects have enabled CMDA to advance ministry in various areas. Share with us some of those accomplishments. Sure. I've had the opportunity to um, work with dental professionals that wanted to support various initiatives, but two impactful projects that come to mind are the Dale Willis Memorial GHO Scholarship Fund and also raising funds for the purchase of two new portable dental units that will be used for our global health outreach trips, which is our short-term missions ministry here at CMDA. So Dr. Willis was a well-known and loved dentist in the Bristol, Tennessee community, and he was really engaged with CMDA over the years, and he was also a champion dentist for serving on missions. And so when he tragically passed away, we just knew that we had to do something. And with the blessing of his widow, Christina, we created a scholarship fund for dentists who are new to GHO to serve on their first trip. And we raised enough support to fund 25 dentists to serve in this capacity on their first GHO trip. And we're incredibly excited about that, and we felt like this is the perfect way to honor his memory. Secondly, because of the pandemic and halting of the GHO trips, we had the opportunity to reevaluate our trips and speak with champion GHO dentists and get their feedback on how we can improve opportunities for delivering dental care on the field and essentially make the dental experience the best it can possibly be. So with that came the need for new portable dental units. One, for efficiency to provide dental care to the greatest number of people, and also reliability. I'm very grateful for both of those items. A number of dentists are beginning to participate in that. And Dale went on eight trips himself with GHO while he was on this earth. And I'm sure that his widow is honored that this fund has been created to continue the work that he's been involved in there. And then also with the GHO portable units, it's great to see that our dental personnel on GHO trips is going to have the equipment they need to have a profound effect on people around the world. And also, Griff, I'm happy to share that we have not one, but two dentists 
who are Dale Willis Memorial Scholarship recipients, and they'll also get the first opportunity to use the new dental units coming up soon on a GHO trip. So we're really excited to see these projects come to fruition. That is just great to hear. Now, George, I have a question for you that has some personal relevance, something that I've been considering in my own life lately. There is one point, I forget exactly where it is, where Jesus talks about how you cannot serve two masters. And he talks about God being one potential master and mammon, I think, referring to material wealth as being another potential master. And we know which one Jesus thought should be in the driver's seat there. But for Jesus to create this dichotomy between allegiance to our creator and the potential pull of material possessions points out what a strong pull that can be, even a subtle thing, something we don't necessarily recognize in our own lives. What suggestions do you have, George, for our members to resist that pull of material wealth, which can at times compete with God's call on our lives? Yes, Griff. Uh, This really ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning. What is stewardship? Because if I'm managing and uh, working and living life as a way to bring honor to God and not honor to myself, then I'm practicing good stewardship. The other thing that I failed to point out earlier I'd like to mention is that giving is only one aspect of being a steward. A steward does give, but a steward manages. The passage of Scripture that you were referring to earlier is Luke chapter 16 and verse 13, and it says, uh, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will uh, be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so it is a struggle. In the culture that we live in today, it is a real struggle for us. Here on earth, our communities, our um, our businesses, uh, things that we get engaged with is all about achievement. How does my portfolio look? What uh, have I accomplished? Uh, what size of home do I live in? What address do I have? Uh, what kind of car do I drive? Where do my children go to school? And so uh, everything uh, in our culture today drives us and helps us to think about success in that light. And so I've put together just five uh questions that we should be asking ourselves as we think about, am I serving God or mammon? The first one is, how much of my day is focused on the will of the Father versus making money and seeking provisions? That's a great question as we think about it. Am I spend more time concerned and and focused on uh, wealth and uh, earning and uh, developing what I have here on earth, Mm -hmm. or do I spend time focusing on who God is and his blessings in my life? That is a great question. The second question is, do I have a habit of taking things before the Lord sees fit to bless me with them? In other words, how much debt do I have? Sometimes uh, the want of this earth causes us to go out and borrow money to achieve things that uh, we just want to enjoy, pleasures of the world. And so the question is, how much debt do I have, and has that become a burden? And am I pushing God to give me something? Am I taking it before God gives it to me? And uh, a great question for us to ask. The third question is, how do I measure success? What a question. And that, for each of us, humankind, we have to, at some point, sit down, think about it deeply, and write out, how am I going to measure success? 
Am I going to measure what's uh, success based on what's on the balance sheet? Or am I going to measure success based on how I invest in my children, my family, my wife, my community, uh, and sharing the love and gospel of Christ to those around me? Because we have a hurting world around us, and they're calling us. uh, They're looking for uh, the answers to life. And if I'm too focused on success being the way the world defines it, I miss out on those opportunities to invest and engage with the world around me, and they need Christ. And it's interesting that some of those things that we work the hardest to purchase end up owning us because they require so much of our time that could otherwise be dedicated to God's work. Well, you just stole my fourth one. (laughs) That's great, uh, Griff. My fourth point uh, is right in line with what you were saying. Is my life more complicated than it needs to be? Does it need to be simplified? Has it become so complicated because of my investments, because of my pursuing wealth, because of my pursuing possessions here on earth? Has it just become so complicated that it uh, slowly squeeze out my time for my family and for Christ in my life and a time of uh, seeking to grow with him? And so that's a great question that we have to wrestle with as well. Mm. And then um, the fifth one, is, am I too busy to truly seek God's predetermined purpose for my life? As you're speaking, George, you make me think about uh, that verse that says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I really think we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to be able to try to read our own hearts, to know when possessions, which may not be evil in and of themselves, are grabbing a portion of us that belongs only to Christ. I think about that verse in 1 Peter 3 where it says, set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts. There are lots of things that are waging war to be Lord of our hearts, including material possessions, and and there should only be one Lord in our hearts. Absolutely. It's so important that our listeners hear us. We're not saying that it's wrong to pursue wealth, right, or to accumulate or to uh, have wealth, that is simply how we manage it and what is the priorities in our life. For some, they can manage a lot of wealth very well and manage their walk with God very well. For others, they have a difficult time doing both. They'll let one overtake. We each know our weaknesses. And so the Bible doesn't speak to any point of telling us it's wrong to accumulate wealth. It's just what do we do with it? Right. I think of an example uh, in the scriptures uh, Joseph of Arimathea, who apparently was a pretty rich man, and he had a, a special burial tomb reserved, and that's where Jesus was laid. And it was only three days, but uh, it was an important three days, and God used Joseph's material possession for his purposes. Absolutely. I love the book of Ephesians. Um, I've had the privilege to visit Ephesus on some of the CMDA biblical tours and just learn more about the history of that. And John speaks to Ephesus uh, in the book of Revelation in his uh, vision, and he writes and he says, you know, this church has lost its first love. Call them, uh, come back, uh, come back to Christ. And uh, Paul uh, writes to them, exhorting them because it was a very challenging community to live in. Uh, for a Christian because there were uh, over 14 temples to pagan gods. 
people living there at least once a year, if not more times, had to uh, bow allegiance to the emperor who saw themselves as one of those deities, one of those gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go into the uh, agora or the, uh, the marketplace, they had to take some incense and burn it in honor to the emperor. So it was a very, very difficult time in Christian history and for uh, the people in Ephesus. And as we know the story, a lot of persecution happened there. But I like what Paul wrote to them in uh, Ephesians 6, 12 and 13. And he said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. And that's what it's about when it comes to the world that we live in and stewardship. We wrestle not against flesh and blood all the time, but we give in often to those spiritual warfares in our life. And uh, I think the call that Paul had to the Ephesians could even come to us today, challenging us as we think about stewardship and managing what God has entrusted us with, is just asking God, is is this a spiritual darkness that's behind me and it's uh, overpowering me and taking my attention away from those things that are really important in life? Yes, and even as we seek to be convicted by God's Word, it's amazing and encouraging to me to realize that the same words that blessed followers of Jesus 2,000 years ago are no less applicable and no less central to our lives today than, than they were then. Well, George, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I would like to uh, just invite all of our listeners to uh, join us in a special offer that we have for them. We, two years ago, became a partner of the Barnabas Foundation. The Barnabas Foundation was uh, founded in 1976, and since then they've helped uh, individuals and churches Uh, be good stewards with their resources, giving out over a billion dollars to ministries uh, that carry the gospel of Christ to the world. Mm. The reason we partnered with them is that we realize that the the people that we have the blessing to work with, our members and friends of CMDA, are professionals, their um, estates and their affairs can become complex. And uh, through the Barnabas Foundation, our members have uh, access to some professional planners. Uh, these are attorneys who have been trained in estate and charitable giving. And through a simple phone call with us, we can connect our uh, members to them at no cost or obligation. They can walk through uh, strategic ideas around charitable giving, but also review their estate and talk about, well, what does the future look like? And have I updated my estate recently? It's amazing uh, how often individuals' lives change. They have uh, a new child or maybe a grandchild or uh, maybe they've uh, unfortunately gone through the loss of a spouse and they've never updated their estate. And maybe it's just time to update their estate, and Barnabas and their planners are there to walk alongside of them. And so uh, I would invite uh, any of our listeners who are thinking about their estate plan or maybe a complex charitable gift or maybe one of the gifts that Jamie uh, mentioned earlier in this segment to just give us a call at CMDA. They can reach us at 888-230-2637, or they can send us an email to stewardship at cmda 
org, and just ask us. Say, I would like to be connected to a planner with the Barnabas Foundation. Actually, I've had two separate opportunities to hear from representatives of the Bar- Barnabas Foundation in the last three months or so, and they are a wealth of wisdom. Situations that may seem very obscure or unique, they deal with these things all the time, and I think they're a wealth of information. I think CMDA has made a good move in partnering with them. Jamie, is there anything else you'd like to share with our members? Yes, absolutely. I have a book right here uh, that challenges us to live a life of exponential generosity, and it's called The Eternity Portfolio, written by Alan Gothard. And Alan is a Christian investment advisor, and in the book he talks about his experience of working with clients, and he also talks about his personal faith. And so he really gives a kingdom perspective on investing money for lasting results. And we'd love to share this book with any of our listeners who are interested and um, who are thinking about uh, just reflecting on their life and how they would like to make a kingdom impact. And so if anyone would like a copy of this book, they may reach us at stewardship at cmda.org or call the number 888-230-2637. Well, what you both have described in our short time together, uh, the wisdom of God's Word and how we can practically apply that, runs so contrary to the spirit of our age. And so it's, it's an important thing to have resources like the both of you and CMDA and other Christian brothers and sisters in Christ to help, uh, help guard our faithfulness in that area. And this is one of the great privileges of being a healthcare professional is that many times we receive more income than we need to live. And what a tremendous privilege to sow into the ministries that are, that are all around us. Thank you both for sharing your wisdom with us, and I look forward to working with you for many years to come. Thanks, Griff. Thanks, Griff. Now I'd like to mention two items that are likely to interest many of you. First, Global Health Outreach continues to carry the gospel around the world through healthcare. CMDA's director, Dr. Trish Burgess, loves to have dental personnel on her trips. And our ability to alleviate dental pain can open up great opportunities to share the love of Christ with patients. Check out our upcoming list of trips at cmda.org gho. And if you've never done a GHO trip before, don't forget the Dale Willis Scholarship Fund, which can help towards the cost of your first GHO trip. Secondly, Dr. Trish Burgess, whom I just mentioned as the head of Global Health Outreach, has put together a tremendous collection of mission trip stories in her recent book, God Sightings. The compilation of 90 different stories includes all types of healthcare professionals, physicians, dentists, PAs, RNs, etc. And each story reveals how God has worked through them to communicate His love to people around the world. Included in the list of storytellers are GHO veteran dentists Sam Molind, Michael Callahan, Bill Sasser, Phil Day, John Pefferley, and Chuck Wood. Order your copy of God Sightings at cmda.org bookstore and don't forget your 10% CMDA member discount. In closing, let me thank each of you for your partnership in the various ministries of CMDA. If you'd like to learn more about CMDA's local or national ministry, 
feel free to shoot me an email at bill.griffin at cmda.org. Until next time, as it says in Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God bless. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.